Welcome to Election Profit Makers, your home for financial advice, sports analysis, politics talk, and bad boy extravaganzas. 24-7, we don't stop. Even when you're not listening, we keep podcasting. The microphones are covered in saliva, in disease, and in hot takes. Oh, is that mic cable melted or are you just happy to see me? That's how sizzling hot these takes are. If you like bacon that's burnt to a crisp, just wait till you hear the opinions that the two hosts of your favorite podcast are about to share with you. That's right, the cheeseburger monsters have officially logged on and the takes are about to be nice and greasy. Oils from pigs excreted through glands make burgers taste delicious for every type of man all across this glorious land. That's the United States of America we want to. Oh, wordplay in the house. We're, anyway. <laughs> uh, hi, John. It's me. Hey, it's hey, me, D- Dave. Hey, David. How are you doing? Well, I'm just terrific. Thanks. And how are you, old friend? I'm doing okay. You know, it's another day of having technical issues on my end. Had to go out and get a new USB cord. David sent a boy to do a man's job, sent me down to Staples to get a USB cord. And I got there. David, you don't know the story, but I'm going to tell it. I can't wait. Yeah. So I got um, some new merch in the mail, our merch. I wear merch of my own podcast because I'm not cool. and Or maybe because I don't care because I'm a bad boy. Yeah, that's why. I am wearing the, uh, the hoodie with the pedal on it. So as I arrived at Staples with a cord in hand, not knowing anything, what I was looking for, I immediately re- thought, oh no, I'm wearing this hoodie that is sending a message that I am kind of an engineering type of person. Because, because the hoodie got- has, a gu- has a guitar pedal on it? Yeah, because it has a guitar pedal on it. You thought someone's going to be like, oh my God, the roof is collapsing. Is anyone here an engineer? And someone's no. like, that guy's wearing a hoodie that has a guitar pedal on it. I bet he's pretty handy with a soldering iron. So I walked in immediately and was like, uh, how do I, what, what is this? And, and they were like, yeah, that's a such and such and such, right? And they looked at, they started deferring to me like, right. And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. So they were thinking that I was like in a band. I knew exactly what I was doing. They they started asking another person ask if I play. And I was no, like- No, they didn't. That's a lie. No, it's not. Someone asked you if you play guitar? Yes. I went up and I bought the cable, the USB mini cable or something. And she said, oh, I like, I like that pedal. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then uh, she said, do you play? And I was like, I- no, I'm a singer. You did not. Yeah, but I didn't know what to say. You say I'm a. Ta- you don't say I'm a singer. You say I'm a talker. I'm a hot take giver. I'm a. But I. She was assuming I was in there buying wires and things like that for the band. You went into. You went into Staples to buy a USB cable. What kind of band is that? I don't know. Do bands not use USB cables? I don't know. I don't play in a band. What am I? What am I, Jerry Garcia? What is this? The Bay Area in 1971? Am I supposed to play a guitar solo for 45 minutes while I smoke marijuana illegally? <laughs> Not today, Satan. Anyway, John, why don't you give a bit.ly link or or explain where other people can get one of these great hoodies? That was oh, a good yeah, story. Yeah. That was authentic Bit, buzz. Yeah. Yeah, bit.ly slash EPM very cool. 
you can uh, you can pick up one of these things yourself and pretend that you're in a band. Did you tell the per- cashier the Bitly link? No, or did I didn't. you just walk out without making a sale? I didn't. I was in a hurry to get home because Davy was in a bad mood because That's of the. Right technical issues so right it's only been five years of technical issues why would there's no rush to resolve technical issues right are microphones right. important when you're podcasting they don't matter right that's not like a component of recording speech for later transmission right the microphone well we thought it was just a wire it turns out it's not the wire it actually is the microphone so we are recording right now on a faulty mic and it's working so far knock on wood yeah. But don't you knock on wood, John, because if you knock the table, the freaking mic will probably stop. I know. Working. I'll knock I for know. both of us. Listen to how much I'm going to knock. Yeah, I'm not touching anything. I have my levels up very high so I can stay away from the mic and not even touch it. Don't even look at it. Good stuff. You got, did you get the reference? Uh, it's Spinal Tap, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was that was funny stuff. The squirrel nut zippers. Ever heard of them? Are you trolling me right now? No. John, <laughs> we have talked about the squirrel nut zippers multiple times on this podcast, and I have mentioned multiple times on this podcast that I was at their first ever gig at Local 506. Okay, well, I didn't know if you knew that they were from Carborough specifically. You know, they're, they're connected to Chapel Hill, but they all lived in Carborough, and they all still live around in the area. They've actually all moved to Hillsborough, O-U-G-H. That's the next Carborough. Do you want to explain to people younger than 70 who the Squirrel Nut Zippers are? They were uh, like a swing band, and uh, their first album came out in 1993. It was the height of swing, and the Squirrel Nut Zippers were swinging. They had a song called Hell. That was their big, their big hit. And the, the, the music video, the very beginning of the music video, it has them standing out in front of a giant television, uh, uh, radio tower. And it says WPTF, 50,000 watts. WPTF stands for, PTF stands for Protect the Family. Back in the 50s, when they all started these TV and radio stations, they had call signs that were things like that. WFMY in uh, Greensboro, the FMY stands for family. PTF is Protect the Family. They were just things like that because they, part of the thing to get an FCC license was that you would um, be good for the community. I did not know about those call letters at all. You know, whenever you hear about a media organization that has family in the title, I just assume that they're like two steps away from Nazis at this point. Yeah. Anything with family in it, focus on the family, protect the family. WSOC in Charlotte is serving our community. We serve our community. I don't mind that. I like community. Community's fine. Okay. Family, though, is. Family is. The family Family's these days bad. has dicey connotations, right? Yeah, like maybe you look in someone's Twitter bio and they're talking about how my family comes first. It's like, okay, I get it. Family comes first, huh? Don't you think? I don't know about that. Okay, you really? No. You're telling me that you don't automatically assume anybody who is part of a family is a Nazi? No. Families are good. Okay. Anyone who self-identifies. What about people that say fam? That's fine. They're just having fun with language. I can get behind that. Okay. Pretend you wrote a bot or a script, okay? This is a programmer talk here. 
I feel comfortable talking to you in this way because you're wearing a hoodie with a fictitious guitar pedal on it. So I assume yeah. you're an engineer. <laughs> okay. Assume you write a bot or a script that can go through every single Twitter bio right. on Twitter and select every single one that has family in the Twitter bio, right? Mm-hmm. I love NBA basketball, sushi, but family comes first. Or proud Christian, father, family man, hunting, let's go Brandon. Or <laughs> I was a real piece of shit until I started having my family and now I'm much better. Thanks, fam. Or retired U.S. Navy, now focused on my family and barbecue, sunglasses emoji. Or up and coming noise artist, book me at your basement show. I come from a large Midwestern family, okay? You take every Twitter bio that has the word family in it. Like, what do you think the scatter plot or the distribution cloud or whatever they call that is? I'm saying I bet most of the people who have family in their bio are on the right side of the political spectrum. Right. Because left-wing people are anti-family, anti-child. No, it's not that. It's that I think... Their relation, I think, because I think now since the 80s and the moral majority and all that stuff, family is, um, let's just say the word family has actually become impregnated with certain subtexts and uh, meanings to it. So that people right. who identify as putting with the word family, I think that's like uh, letting people know, like, you guys know what I mean when I say family comes first, right? It's like, we can't be teaching critical race theory in these schools, right? It's that type of thing. Okay. When I say I love the New York Mets and sky gazing and my family, I trust you get the implication. The earth is flat. We will not be teaching geography to my children or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's the, probably functions the same way as this is a bad comparison. But if you if you if you wrote another script because right with your computer programming. Right. I know exactly where you're going. And and you searched everybody who had resist in their bio. That's right. all going to be Or, or their pronouns. Something like pro that. Yeah, exactly. It's an right. identifier, right? Right, right. And the right wing has co-opted family. You know, it doesn't matter if paid maternal leave is a Democratic initiative rather than a Republican initiative. It doesn't matter if universal pre-K or whatever is a Democratic initiative rather than a Republican initiative. The Republicans own family. That's their word. I hate that. And so if we're, tr if we're truly going to resist, if we're going to live up to our Twitter bios, we have, to, <laughs> we have to destroy our own families. I'm sorry. But guys, our families are holding us back and our love for our families is toxic. Because Why now you're we... playing on the right, now you're playing on the field that the right wing has established. And with Thanksgiving well, around the corner, I need everybody to stay home. If we're truly going to resist... We need to reject our families and hunker down over some hunker down over some Trader Joe's three cheese frozen pizza on our own. Thanksgiving is canceled. Boom, I said it. Thanksgiving was everybody's favorite non-problematic holiday until this very moment when Kid Midas canceled it by executive fiat. I thought you're coming home to see your family for I Thanksgiving. I am. We're just having a goof. I do, but I do believe what I just said about family. I do think. No, I, I, you know I what agree I mean? with you. Yeah. The only left-wing organization that really trades in the vocabulary of family are the Juggalos because they're all about family and they constantly chant family. And the Juggalos kind of are like, they're more, 
I mean, they're not left-wing, obviously, but they're not as, like, conservative and reactionary as I used to think they were. Mm-hmm. So I would give a shout-out to the Juggalos family. And, of course, UNC basketball. It's all about family, and that's why everyone supports Hubert Davis and why they were so happy yeah. that Roy Williams was in the stands the other night. And it's a Carolina tweets. family. Yeah, 100 tweets. Important. Like, this is what it's all about, Carolina family. Here's Roy sitting in these bleachers watching... Watching. Duke has tried to to jump on that trend with the Brotherhood. The Brotherhood? What? Yeah. Who wants to yeah. use that at college basketball, the Brotherhood, especially at a private university? That's so creepy. It is creepy. Family. Better. Let's talk about Thanksgiving very briefly. I will be home, and we wanted to do, we wanted to take the temperature of the room. We wanted to gauge interest in something, John. And John, what is that? We are exploring the idea of, of perhaps having a meetup here in the Chapel Hill, Carborough Metropolitan Statistical Area. But first of all, we just wanted to see how many people might be interested in that. And how how do they let us know if they're interested, John? Email us at uh, contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Or tell us on Discord. We just want to make sure that if we invite everybody to come to some location right after Thanksgiving, it doesn't turn out to just be the two of us sitting around looking at each other and talking to each other for the thousandth time, like a couple of sad sacks. Yeah. Maybe one listener drives by really slowly, rolls down their window, looks at this innervating tableau, and then just keeps driving. So we want to make sure if we do this that we would have at least, I don't know, what's the uh, what, what, what's our cutoff? 10 people? 15 people? 15 would be great. I would love to see 15 people. So let us know. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com is the email. Well, I woke up to some bad news this morning. In the world of uh, record collecting, in the world of discogs, in the never-ending debate that's torn our nation apart between near-mint minus and very good plus, it turns out, John, that contrary to my bet on predicted, someone has decided to run for governor of Texas. And who is that person, John? What's going on? Uh, Beto O'Rourke has officially announced he is going to run. And poor David is very upset because you don't like Beto? I like Beto fine. Beto's fun to, you know, listen. And when it comes right down to it, John, Beto's family, right? He's He's part of the 90s, you know, the yeah. 90s, 90s music family, man. Yeah, he listened to the Squirrel Nut Zippers, no doubt. Today, I was like, you know what? Let me log on to Discogs and search Beto. Sure enough, his band has a 7-inch Foss. That was the name of his band. Now, John, they have this single out. It was called the El Paso Pussycats 7-inch. There's one copy available on Discogs. Care to guess the price of the vinyl seven-inch single for Beto O'Rourke's former band, which also includes a guy who went on to be in Mars Volta, a very famous band? I have no idea. $400. $560. Wow. So then I thought, as long as I've logged into Discogs, what's the most I've ever spent on a record on Discogs? Because, yes, I have ordered records on Discogs before. I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit it. I like listening to records sometimes. And the most you've spent is $120. <laughs> I wish I wish I had that kind of money, John. The most I've spent is $25. And I spent it on a this is a very Gen X thing to do and this is how you know that we're entering our senior golden years, John. I wonder if Beto O'Rourke has done this yet. 
has the better of our work ever logged onto Discogs and thought back to one of his favorite hip-hop albums that came out in the late 80s when he was in high school, as you and I were, and thought to himself, you know what? I never owned that album on vinyl. It would be nice to own that on vinyl. And I wonder if Better Work Work in the middle of the night has ever plunked down $25 to buy the double LP version of Done by the Forces of Nature by the group Jungle Brothers. Because that's the most I ever spent on Discogs. John, what's going to happen? Is Beto going to win the Democratic nomination for Texas governor? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. I can't believe he's running. Hi. Yeah. I mean, who else would win? Who, who? So McConaughey is out now for sure. If Matthew McConaughey decides to primary Beto O'Rourke and face off against him in this primary, could there be a more epic Gen X smackdown? I mean, you're talking about Woody Wooderson from Days and Confused going up against Beto O'Rourke from the band Foss, whose seven inch now lists for more than $500 on Discogs. This would be so Gen X. Winona Ryder would have to be involved somehow. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Winona Ryder. She's another big Gen X person. And it would be whoever had the longest wallet chain would win the nomination. And only Is that a Gen, Gen X, X thing? I just feel like Gen X raver type. It's a different, it's not the scene that those two guys were in, but it was from Gen X, right? Okay, all Don't right. Don't you remember wallet chains? Big, huge, gigantic tents of blue denim that people called pants and they would wear to the the rave at the Children's Museum and listen to drum and bass and do that kind of dance where they're constantly collapsing? Don't you remember that? Mm-mm. Oh. I guess we had different, I guess we had different experiences in the 90s, bro. Beto is, is going to run away with it. He's got tons of money, tons of name recognition. He will not win governor that will become a nationalized race like everything. And, uh, but he'll come close. He'll get, you know, 48% of the vote. There's John Kimball throwing throwing some cold water on my Gen X Discog dreams. All right, let me close out you, these. You think you think he has a chance to win? I don't know. I don't. How close did he come to beating Ted Cruz? What was the difference there, Beto? It was 50.9 to 48.3. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that close because he he, he won't be lucky enough to be running against someone. The as... most hated man in American politics, yeah. Ted Cruz. Right. So... Yeah, he doesn't have a chance. But maybe if he runs close, then he'll be able to run for president again someday. That's it, guys. That's it. David lost money. I am really, I'm really sore. What? I'm really sore because I played soccer yesterday. Jesus Christ. With uh, secret band Mike invited me out. And uh, I didn't know we were going to play soccer. I thought we were just going to practice field goals. So we met at uh, McDougal Middle School here in Carborough. Mike, for some reason, is obsessed with kicking field goals because he has this competition with his brother. Every Thanksgiving, his brother comes to town and Mike comes to town. And then the two of them go out and kick field goals and see who can kick the furthest field goal. What sport are we talking about here now? Field goals are in football. You kick a field goal, it counts for three points. So this is American football. This is not Ted Lasso football, right? This is CTE football. Recording was interrupted due to technical difficulties. All right. So what I was saying is that, yeah, a field goal counts three points. 
in football. And Mike has this thing where he has this competition with his brother every year and he's kicking these field goals. But he needs somebody to hold the football for him, which is, that's what I do. He needs a Lucy to his Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. So I went out and uh, I kicked some field goals too. I am proud to say that I hit a 15-yard field goal. Man, it's a lot harder than you think. But that is the equivalent of if the team were able to get to the three-yard line. That's my distance. If they are anywhere inside or at the three-yard line, they would know that their kicker, John Kimball, could hit that field. Recording was interrupted once again due to technical difficulties. Yeah, so I'm going to talk some more about that field goal. Oh, shit, here we go. All right, yeah, keep going. Field goals, they're really hard, but a really good field goal kicker, they can kick it over 50 yards. And on Saturday, a kid for Texas Tech University was in a situation where the game was coming down to the end of the line. It was tied, and he decided to go for a game-winning field goal from 62 yards. You see this happen all the time where they attempt one from high 50s or 60 or something like that, and it always gets blocked, and it always falls short. And this guy just boomed it. I mean, it just was an explosion coming off his foot. The second he kicked it, you were like, okay, that's going to go the distance. I don't know if it's going to go in, but it's it's going far enough, and it went in. It would have been good from 70 yards. It was incredible. It went through the... Um... It went through the uprights. It was a 62-yard field goal. Now, you say, well, how does that compare to other... The, the NFL record for the longest field goal was set in 1970, and it stood for 43 years. It was 63 yards. And it was broken after 43 years. In 2013, a guy kicked a 66-yarder. He did it in Denver, where the air is a little thinner. He cheated. Yeah, that's altitude cheating. But it still, it took 43 years for it to happen. And... That was eight years ago. Still no one has beaten that 66-yard one. So this guy's a kid in college and kicked a 62-yarder. That was pretty incredible. Field goals. I never really thought much about them, but I've been thinking a lot about them. Do you want to just go ahead? Do you want to go ahead and transition into your UNC football recap as long as we're in the as long as we're on the field, so to speak? Okay, sure. The football so, field, that is, John. Yeah, this week, UNC went in to play. Pittsburgh at uh, Pittsburgh Stadium. Pittsburgh ranked in the, you know, number 25. And uh, I had predicted that Pittsburgh would win by seven or more. Pittsburgh immediately went out to a 17 to nothing lead in the first quarter before Carolina was able to rally and came all the way back and had the ball at the end of regulation. Carolina was down three at the end of regulation and had the ball first and goal on the two-yard line with about 40 seconds to go. All they had to do is punch it in, get a touchdown, and they would win the game. They were unable to do that. They ended up kicking a field goal inside my range uh, and tied it up. And the game went to overtime, uh, Pittsburgh won by touchdown. So if you had uh, taken me up on my prediction, you would have made good money. So. so your team lost, but your prediction came true. Yeah. 
usually on Predict It, my team loses and my prediction does not come true. So at least you got it was some good psychological hedging on your part. Yeah, it was. But I didn't psychological hedge the, the week before. We were playing Wake Forest, and I said, Carolina's going to win that game. So Right, because you said the ACC is chaos, and people don't understand that. Right. You channeled Loki from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Loki is a trickster. He's a Norse god, and he often appears in movies alongside Thor, his nemesis. Okay. That's some Hollywood insider um, information for you. I was reading the trades this morning. The prediction for next week, Carolina will play Wofford. Wofford is a school in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, they are one and nine on the season. I suspect that Carolina will win by many, 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 many points. I did not have election profit makers turning into a football podcast on my 2021 bingo card. Well, the listeners love it. They write in every week and they say they want more. I'm, I, I did not have listeners loving this podcast on my 2021 bingo card. I can turn anything into a bingo card joke. Okay, well, how about another? All right. I did not have John Kimball going to Staples to buy a USB cable and being misidentified as an engineer due to his effects pedal hoodie on my 2021 bingo card. Uh, I'm going to be the bingo card comedian. Fuck all my other types of comedy I've tried. I'm going to be the bingo card comedian. Okay. I'll be like Yakov Smirnoff, the guy who's, who ended every joke like, and that's what happens in Russia. You remember that? Yeah. He was a top comedian for like 30 years. And he would come out on stage and say, well, you guys have cars. And we have wagons. That's what it's like in Russia. And everyone would go crazy for him. He was a huge celebrity. Yeah. I'm going to be the bingo card guy. I did not have misrepresenting the humor of Yakov Smirnoff on my 2021 bingo card. Yeah, these are all good tweets. I'd like you to tweet, tweet <laughs> not some gonna, No, I'm done with Twitter. I'm taking this straight to the comedy clubs. All right, let's move on. Let's move on before we have any more technical oh, issues. These technical issues are killing us. It's taken us six days to record this episode. Yeah, what time is it right now? The microphones are not cooperating. We have posted it, our most self-indulgent Patreon episode to date. I listed every TV show I watched during COVID from worst to best in an hour, 15-minute-plus-long spectacular it's available now at patreon.com slash election profit makers. And later this week, we're going to post an episode where John's daughter, Claire, lists her top 10 shows of the COVID era. There were some surprising shows on this list, John. I did not realize that Claire had slowly and without my knowledge turned into a total sci-fi nerd. But we're not here to judge. We're only here to make fun of people whose opinions differ from our own. So that's my top 55 COVID shows ranked. That's been posted already at Patreon. And later this week, we'll have Claire's top 10 COVID shows ranked. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. That was a fun show. David uh, had watched a lot of TV. Yeah, I watched a lot of TV. I did have watching a lot of TV on my 2021 bingo card. I must be honest. In that respect, my bingo card actually did represent objective reality. Last week, we did a one-off little goof, and we thought we were done with it. But you know what they say. 
The bad boys continue to be bad and boys. So we are returning this week with the second installment of what, John? Bad Boys of the Week. Everybody get ready. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have fun. Party, party. It's Bad Boys of the Week. Let's get it poppin'. Bad boys are number one. Friends, um, it's with a heavy heart that I must announce it was a tough week for bad boys. Just today, Monday, two bad boys fell on hard times. First of all, Steve Bannon turned himself into the Department of Justice for defying a congressional subpoena and refusing to turn over documents related to, yes, the January 6th bad boy palooza that took place at the United States Capitol. And also, bad boy broadcaster Alex Jones was found liable for all damages from lawsuits from Sandy Hook parents who bad boy Alex Jones has said their kids weren't actually killed in a gun massacre at Sandy Hook. We wanted to acknowledge the pains that are being suffered by these two bad boys who always, you know, and I think this is, this is key to defining what, what makes a bad boy, right? It's not just that they're bad actors who are male. I think they're the gleefulness with which they provoke and subvert things, I think is key to being a bad boy. And I would almost say that in that respect, Steve Bannon more closely um, approaches the ideal bad boy than I think Alex Jones does. Because Alex Jones has completely stripped any type of gleeful, winking, knowing, uh, sardonic affect from his from his rants and his self-presentation, right? I think he's too crazed to come across as a bad boy. Does that make sense, John? Is Alex Jones not a bad boy? I see where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost like he's not in control of where he is. Yeah. A bad boy has to be self-aware. A bad boy is very concerned with presentation. And Alex Jones sometimes, I think, maybe is not self-aware. I mean, he's canny. He definitely knows what he's doing, but there's something about his attitude. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we just wanted to acknowledge that two, two iconic bad boys have fallen on hard times and our thoughts and prayers are with them and their family and their brotherhood and everyone in their, you know, what's the word? Clack. Everyone in their clatch. If I'm Guess what? More technical difficulties. We're blessed actually this week with an abundance of bad boys. I can see them spilling out of a cornucopia on someone's Thanksgiving uh, centerpiece. Kyle Rittenhouse. Paul Gosar, Madison Cawthorn, my best friend Elon Musk, and Mike Flynn. Hmm, here's some good bad boys. Bad boys are number one. I'm feeling Paul Gosar. Paul Gosar. Why don't you remind our listeners who Paul Gosar is? Paul Gosar is a Republican representative from Arizona. A little bit crazy. He's definitely said some inflammatory things before. And this week, he went total bad boy, and he posted a anime video. Oh, anime. A lot of bad boys like anime. Yeah. In this one, he is killing another one of his fellow representatives, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democratic congresswoman from... New York. Okay, so this is this is how Paul Gosar introduced uh, the tweet. He said, any anime fans out there? Yeah! Yeah. And then he put this tweet out depicting him killing AOC. And um, that's pretty bad boy. He claims that, that it's being uh, mischaracterized purposely 
by people on the left. Sure. That's a classic bad boy double down slash deflection, right? Yeah. I did nothing wrong, and you're making it seem like I did something wrong, but we all know, wink, wink, raised eyebrow, one finger up one's own butthole, I, in fact, did nothing wrong. Whew, that's bad boy 101. Okay, I'm just seeing something that might take him out of the running. He claimed his staff produced the video, which, NSS, but, you know, a true bad boy Uh wouldn't throw his staff under the bus. You don't think? No, you think? I, I would think he would say, I produced that. Oh, right. Yeah, like, I did it myself. I learned After Effects. I learned Adobe Premiere. Yeah. Um, what if Paul Gosar had said, first of all, I'm a true longstanding fan of anime. A lot of people find the ending to Neon Genesis Evangelion controversial, but I think it perfectly summarizes the individual's relationship to society. I've been pro-anime from day one. I, I watched Star Blazers as I sucked from my mother's teat, although he's he's too old to have done that. You don't think Paul Gosar knows what anime is? No, I don't think Paul Gosar knows what anime is. Do you think Paul Gosar knows what anime is? I think he does now. Oh! <laughs> anyway, so you're saying Paul Gosar might not be a bad boy because he threw his staff under the bus. That's the sort of what I'm thinking. I'm sort of pulling back right now. All right. You know, we have a letter ready to go out to him in case he won Bad Boy of the Week, but instead we could send a different letter. We could say we had a lot of applicants this week, and unfortunately we decided to go in a different direction, and we actually don't think you qualify as a true bad boy. Okay. Um, keep being a provocative right-wing dipshit who's pandering to the basest elements of our society. Do that with a wink and a nod, and perhaps uh, your name will come up for consideration in future episodes of our podcast, Election Profit Makers. Patreon.com slash Election Profit Makers. We could send that letter instead. Bit.ly slash EPM. Very cool for merch. Right. Uh, that was a great letter that you just wrote, so I will go back and listen to the podcast and type it up and send it. John, do you have any other entries uh, for your bad boys of the week? Well, Madison Cawthorn, we... I don't know. Got to give it up to Madison. He came out with that ridiculous tweet last week saying, you do this and I will primary the hell out of you. If you vote for the infrastructure bill, I will primary the hell out of you. And sure enough, while we've been taping, Biden signed that infernal socialist infrastructure bill. Did you know this bill? Actually, John, I was reading the fine print of this bill. Did you know that all the new bridges and electrical grids that are going to be paid for in the infrastructure bill, they have to be CRT certified. That means they have to manifest critical race theory at every stage of production. And that when these bridges are finally completed, if if it's a bridge that spans a river, that when the car drives over the bridge, the bridge will automatically eject any white people in the car and they will drown in the river. Did you know that? I did not know that. This is crazy. It is. It's crazy. CRT certified, they said. All future government-sponsored infrastructure has to be CRT certified. No wonder Madison Cawthorn was so pissed about Republicans voting for this infrastructure bill. Yeah, now that you mention that, yeah, it makes a little more sense. Right, so he was going to turn into the Johnny Appleseed of primarying people, just be an itinerant primary opponent. Yeah, and we were making jokes like, oh, what's he going to do, leave the the 11th congressional? congressional district, and it turns out he is. He came out and said... Joke's on us. He is going to leave the congressional district where he lives, which is the 11th, but it will no longer be the the 11th. It will be the 14th because they've 
redistricted here in North Carolina and made an even more gerrymandered uh, map. And he has decided that because the new district that was made for him wasn't quite as red as the last one, he was going to jump over to another one, which was specifically made for the North Carolina Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, so he could run. This is so incredible. For Congress. And Madison Cawthorn, total bad boy, said, oh, yeah, you're going to do that? Watch this. I'm going to jump in there and take your district, and I have all this name recognition and money and Trump cred. And Tim Moore immediately came out and said, I'm out. It's like Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien all over again. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Tim Moore just completely folded. Fun stuff in North Carolina. Yeah, but it has implications for... Um, nuts. <laughs> for, for Jasmine Beach Ferrara and others that are running in the zombie 11th, which is now the 14th. They're no longer running against Cawthorn. Yeah, it's got to be bittersweet. I mean, she was she was putting out some saucy tweets like, yeah, he got scared. He left his district, punk-ass little bitch. Run away, motherfucker. I mean, this is these are my words, not hers. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure fundraising is 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 better for a Democratic opponent of Madison Cawthorn than for whoever Jasmine Beach Ferrara is now going to be running against. Yeah. I mean, she still raised almost a million dollars. I think nine hundred thousand dollars. So whoever she takes on is probably not going to have a war chest like Cawthorn did. So maybe that money will go a little further for her. I wish she would just follow Madison Cawthorn over to that next district. Be that like, you're not the only amazing. one who can change a dress, motherfucker. I'm right. I'm, you thought you thought you could just like run away to a different district? Oh yeah. And then we would have to say Jasmine Beach Ferrar was a bad boy of the week. Yeah. Is it not fair? Is it should? I think it's kind of exclusionary that we don't allow women to be. A woman could be a bad boy. Well, we've only had men so far. Men are better at being bad boys than women, okay? It's just like I hate to not be politically correct, but I think that's kind of true. I mean, obviously, we have Lauren Boebert possesses many of the hallmarks of a bad boy. Marjorie mm -hmm. Taylor Greene, I think, is like one of the great bad boys of our time. Uh-huh. Her bad boyosity will be studied by generations of scholars. I think it yes. just so happens that for these inaugural two weeks of bad boyos of the week, most of the ones that have caught my attention, or should I say tickled my fancy, uh, mm -hmm. happen to be literal boys. Men, I should say. But don't worry. If anyone has any nominees for non-male bad boys, we're, you know, we're happy to hear them. Contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Okay, do you want to tell us more about Rittenhouse? Well, Kyle Rittenhouse, now he's really an edge case when it comes to bad boys. Obviously, his trial is going on. We're probably going to get a verdict this week. That's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. Oh my God, this judge presiding over this trial. Ugh. Are you watching any of this? I'm not watching any of this. I've seen clips of it and it makes me think like, yeah, they shouldn't have cameras in, in trials because this is destroying the any shred of faith I had in the U.S. justice system. This guy in his big he sits in a big. He sits on a big wooden throne and swivels around on it and yells at anyone who says Kyle Rittenhouse isn't the greatest little guy ever. And everyone I think saw the the viral video of Kyle Rittenhouse breaking down in some completely normal and not uncomfortable sobs as he described how he was about to be killed by people. Then they're talking about how this guy threw a bag at him. The bag had socks in it. This is like soup for my family all over again. Socks for my family. Anyway. If Kyle Rittenhouse 
was just a weird right-wing, you know, uh, Hitler youth wannabe who crossed state lines with an illegally purchased firearm because he wanted to, quote-unquote, help people and protect private property. That's not the type of behavior we necessarily want to encourage, but I wouldn't call that bad boy behavior. But the reason he's a bad boy is because after he was arrested and let out on bail, right? Mm-hmm. He was hanging out and wearing a shirt that says free as fuck. Now that is bad boy behavior because now he's rubbing people's noses in it. Yeah, as is his yeah. right. Sure, of course. Hey, hey, hey. If there's nobody said it's a crime to be a bad boy. It's all perfectly legal to be a bad boy. Now, I'm not saying everything he did is perfectly legal. He is on trial for uh, negligent homicide, multiple counts, but he can wear a shirt that says free as fuck. He can hang out with proud boy guys and, and flash his little, his little hand symbol, which he also did. Also, that's very winking. That's very bad boy. So I put Kyle Rittenhouse on the list, not because his behavior this week was bad boy behavior, but because I think he is the highest profile bad boy in the news this week. Does that make sense? Yeah. His previous yeah. behavior establishes him as a bad boy. And now, because everyone is, you know, so many, oh, geez, the fucking fundraising emails I get for this creep. Talking about how we need to raise money for him and his mom. I got one from disgraced former Sheriff David Clark. Oh, my God. I hadn't heard that name in a while. Right? Disgraced former Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Both of them are like, we both know what it's like to be prosecuted by the left-wing media. We need to stand up for Kyle Rittenhouse, who is totally innocent, and his behavior should be normalized, and we should all feel comfortable crossing state lines with machine guns to try to help people. It's fucking sick. Now, the thing about this is, and this is a tricky thing, and I think this is what's so fun about fascism. Kyle Rittenhouse being held up as this avatar by Tucker Carlson and disgraced Navy SEALs and disgraced sheriffs, right? He has to simultaneously be the ultimate badass who who was willing to help out and put his life on the line with his machine gun and his medical kit. But then also, as soon as he starts sobbing, then instantly he's this precious little boy who was bullied and harassed by the left wing. You know what I'm talking about? This is what gets right. so fucked up about these bad boys. They can. I wish I had this ability. I mean, maybe I do and I don't recognize it. And only someone who hated me would be able to say when I do it. But to be able to switch from being this masculine tough guy warrior who's going to protect the white race or whatever to then just being this weak, defenseless, sobbing, fucking pudgy, fat-lipped, fucking doe-faced, wearing an oversized suit so he looks vulnerable, little punk-ass kid. Like, that's a that's an uncanny ability. They should, yeah. put, they should make a superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that can do that. Yeah. He could be called Bad Boy Man. And he has the ability, depending on what's needed from him in terms of serving the larger narrative of either being a super brave, tough guy or a little whimpering, little punk-ass little boy. So Kyle Rittenhouse is my choice for bad boy of the week. Now, obviously, he can't afford to present as a bad boy during the trial, but if he is acquitted, I am sure he will revert to true bad boy behavior. He'll Mm -hmm. rub everyone's faces in it. Not only will Trump and Trump's, you know, everyone in the GOP continue to celebrate him, but he'll come out with some shirt that makes free as fuck look like child's play. He's going to be on the level of uh, the— uh, what's Zimmerman, George Zimmerman. Yeah, oh. totally. And they'll go on a bad boy tour. So we so we wait. We'll wait to see what the result of that trial is. So that's why Kyle Wittenhouse is my number one nominee for bad boy of the week. All right. And then we got fucking Elon Musk picking fights with Bernie Sanders. Now, that's fascinating because 
Anti-establishment bad boys, I feel like he would recognize Bernie as a fellow traveler, as someone who hates the establishment and riles people up, right? On the other hand, Bernie does want to tax the shit out of Elon Musk, but I thought that was a very interesting fissure. Yeah, you told me that you thought it would confuse the Musk stands, that they, they might sort of have, some might have feelings for Sanders. I think that Venn diagram did not overlap as much as I thought it did in my mind. Yeah, at least on Twitter it didn't. Um... The Musk stands all hate Bernie and want and want Elon to be able to keep all his money so they can all go live, go live on Mars. Yeah. So yeah, Musk said, "I for, keep forgetting you're still alive," and then he called him a a taker, not a maker. He said that to Bernie Sanders. Yeah. I gotta say, Twitter stepped up. There were some good zingers. Elon Musk got zung after that. Yeah. Someone posted a photo of Bernie <laughs> Bernie lighting a wood stove with a single match and said Elon Musk is scared of Bernie because Bernie can light a fire with one mask. He doesn't need a whole exploding electric car to do it. I said, damn, that's, that's a zinger. Yeah. That counts. That's a zinger. So I saw one that said um, that his comment was like a Tesla looking at people in a crosswalk. I forgot you're still alive. And your mic is gone. Fuck. I just saw it. Don't worry. Keep recording. Yeah. This is a total disaster. FML. Yeah, so we got Mike Flynn as an honorable mention for Bad Boy of the Week. And Mike Flynn is in the news because he came out and said that not only should we be one nation under God, but we should be one nation with one religion under God. He did not specify exactly what religion that was, but uh, I think uh, it was assumed that he was speaking about Christianity. Here's why I don't think Mike Flynn is a bad boy. I think he's too crazy. I just think he he's not grounded enough to be self-aware the way I think a bad boy needs to be self-aware. Yeah, sort of like you were saying about Alex Jones. Yeah, I mean, and Alex Jones, I think, is more self-aware than Mike Flynn. You're right. Mike Flynn is 100% true believer. Yeah, totally. He's a QAnon cru- crusader. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I think there are plenty of people who love QAnon just because it riles people up and they have a kind of trolling relationship to QAnon. I don't think that's Mike Flynn's relationship to QAnon. No, he was, he's a true believer. And there were people in the military that were honestly uh, very nervous about him when he was in there and, and believed that he was insane. So who's our bad boy of the week? Ooh. Paul Gosar, Madison Cawthorn, Elon Musk, Mike Flynn, I think we've disqualified. And then Little Boy Blue, Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm. I think it's Rittenhouse. Yeah, I forgot to mention he also lied about being enrolled in nursing school. This kid is a real... Whew. All right, we'll give it to Rittenhouse. But we're not happy about it. Cawthorn could have done it if he talked more junk. If he had said something he had directly just to a little more junk. Speaker Moore. But you know Madison Cawthorn and Kyle Rittenhouse are going to appear at, on stage at some future Republican National Convention type of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about all the dinosaur responses we got last week, I should have mentioned Neil Kay, who sent in this amazing photo. There was some kind of mastodon or, or elephant from ancient times, pre-ancient times, I should say, prehistoric times. And there was something about its skull where the, there's like a hole in the middle of the skull. And people think that maybe that's where the myth of a giant cyclops with a single eye socket came from. I thought that was very interesting. I just want to say that we have the smartest listeners and the emails that we get every week just blow my mind. No listener questions this week. We had too many technical difficulties. We've been recording for 11 days now and we have to stop. We apologize. 
We, we're, we endeavor to improve our performance, but man, there's something about these USB ports. No, nah, we're going to go out and buy some big time tech stuff this week. I didn't have election profit makers being a radio point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell on my 2021 bingo card. With help from Houston Snyder and Kat Iosa? <laughs> Let me check that 2021 bingo card. We mentioned the Patreon 100 times. I'm not going to mention it again. And you know our email address. It remains contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And please remember to review this podcast on Discogs. Tell your family. And let us know about this North Carolina meetup. If you're at all interested, email us at contact at electionprofitmakers.com or send us a message via the Patreon. Goodness gracious, what an adventure this recording session was. John, thank you for your patience. Yeah, and thank you for yours. I'll talk to you later, good buddy. Okay, bye. All right, man. What the fuck? Is it messing up again? I can't. I'm just, I'm constantly forgetting to, I'm just mad at myself. I'm constantly forgetting to talk into the microphone. I don't know why I'm having. We're doing our best. I feel embarrassed for myself right now, frankly. It's not you. It's, I just feel. No, we. Stupid and pathetic. Like. Dude. I don't know. We've been in a pandemic for a long time. People are starting to, I don't know. I appreciate the pandemic excuse. I'll use it. That almost, that almost, you almost convinced me for a second where it was like, I, oh, I right, actually, pandemic. Then I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure other people were able to successfully podcast during the pandemic, though. But nobody <laughs> knows that we're not successfully podcasting either. Well, I'm leaving all this in, so they're definitely going to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, let's have some fun with podcasting. Yeah.